The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Ambar Garcia. Brian Broadus, Patrick Walker, and Derek Eagleton. It is Tuesday, November 17th, I'm sorry, November 7th, 2023, season 19, episode number 65. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break Life from SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Got Brian and Patrick and, of course, Amber here with us today. We're going to talk some big picture. We're going to take a big picture look at this team. I got a few questions here. Talk about some different topics around the team. Uh, We'll take a little bit of time to talk about the NFL and uh, where we think the NFC is is uh, particularly in the NFC, how we think the teams are, rack, are stacking up. I'll have each of these guys give me their top seven. And uh, and then, of course, uh, we will start today uh, with a little bit of news. Cowboys working out a wide receiver. And normally, when this name came up yesterday, when I first heard it, I was thinking, okay, well, they're just kind of looking around. Uh, but then Jerry, in his uh, time with 105.3 The Fan this morning, mentioned on a couple different occasions, well, we got this wide receiver that we're bringing in to work out today. Which made me just kind of like, is it that big of a deal, Martavis Bryant? Guy that hasn't played in the league since, I think, 2018. So it made me think, let's at least have the conversation and uh, and see if there's anything we should be thinking about here, Brian. I'll start with you. Yeah. Going back to your scouting of Martavis Bryant as a player. Wait, hold on. Before you even get into that, why, why do we need a, a wide receiver? Oh, we're going to. Well, we're going to get to that. We're, we're going to that. We're going to okay. that. Let's with, start first. I'm with, with you on it. With, okay. Look, I got a plan. <laughs> yeah. I, I got okay, a plan. So I'm going I, there. I apologize. I'm going Amber, there. But I do want to start first Spice. with saying, okay, Martavis <laughs> Bryant, Spice. tell me about the player. Sorry. <laughs> Proceed. She's going to trust me one day. We're, I don't know. One day she's going to trust me. We good? <laughs> we good? Proceed. All right, Brian. I mean, yeah, I just wanted to see the scenario first before getting to the player. But yeah. The thing with Bryant is, though, I, I, I. I think it's an interesting look at a player just because of the size factor of the mm-hmm. player, uh, the ability. I mean, I think this guy might have some of that like Debo Samuel type ability to him when you hand him the ball or you throw him the ball or you watch him run with the ball. And unfortunately for him, you know, he got into a situation with the league that they suspended him and, you know, he missed a whole entire year. But you look at this guy's body type, the plays that he has the ability to make, yes, it was you know, a few years ago, but he's the type of guy that that that's got something to his game. Back in the day, he was a physical uh, receiver. He was a physical runner. Uh, there were things about him when you watched him uh, play where you're like going, "Gosh, that guy's kind of hard to deal with." And you know, maybe that time has gone by. But I always am interested in going back and looking at players that might have come off from suspensions. You know the. We've seen guys in the past that have come and they haven't been able to to re, recoup or uh, redo what they were once were. But this guy is an interesting one just because of his background and where he was at before his suspension uh, was uh, was playing at a pretty high level. So I, I, I'm I'm okay with kicking the tires on something like this. Interesting thing about him, he he's been in the league. He came into the league in 2014. Played 14 and 15, suspended for a season yeah. in 15, 
I mean, sorry, 16, came back and played in 17 and 18 and has not played since 2018. Yeah. So it's interesting, yeah. like, where is he as far where as just he? Right. physically? Right. I mean, that's six years ago that you yeah. last, well, five years ago that yeah. you last played in the NFL. That's a long time to not have taken an NFL snap. It is. But obviously the Cowboys are kicking the tires. And then I think the natural question that comes from that, which goes to what Amber was asking, is... Why are the Cowboys looking for a wide receiver? Does it, does this at all say something about what they currently have on the roster, or is this a situation where you just t- kick the tires because he was a guy at one point that was interesting to you? I, I think it's it's more so that than anything. I'm I've been kind of mulling around in my head for the past couple of days on this uh, likely signing at this point, and. It's no harm, no foul if you want to give him a shot because you had some interest in him a few years ago. Uh, And it's not like you're trying to add him to the active roster and you're going to sacrifice somebody's spot. It's a practice squad situation. If it works out for you, great. If it doesn't, what did it cost you, Mm -hmm. right? So. Time is money. Time is value. Well, he's going to be on the same field with the same coaches and the same players as the other people. So it's not that it's costing them any more time than if he weren't here, so to speak. My bigger question is – what are you expecting him to be? So let's say it does work out. Like, what does that look like for the Dallas Cowboys? Because What does success look like? Right. What does yeah. the success look like for them? So if he does come in and he's doing what they want him to do, like, what does that create for them? Because for me, even if you are of the subscription that Michael Gallup might not be the answer, okay? I'm not quite there yet, especially seeing how he recovered uh, in the Philadelphia game after that drop. I would, for one, like to see more snaps to Jalen Tolbert. You've seen Tolbert produce. Tolbert gets the touchdown. You see uh, Jalen Brooks. He's the undrafted rookie. He's on the practice squad. He was a standout in training camp. You have that as well. So you already have some semblance of depth at the position. Kevontae Turpin is an option at wide receiver as well. Uh, behind, you know, Cooks and and CeeDee Lamb and Gallup. Jake Ferguson, who I believe should be the number two target for Dak Prescott until further notice. That's the only question I have is if Martavis Bryant works out for the Cowboys from a schematic standpoint, what does that look like for them at that position? And that's what I can't yet figure out. And that's where you and I are on the same page as far as kind of bumping our head against that wall. Like, what are we not seeing here behind that wall? But as far as risk reward, if it doesn't work out, okay, no harm, no foul. Pennies on the dollar, you send him on his way. If it does, where does that go? So that that's kind of a, a gray area for me right now. Yeah. Same. I think, no, I no think. It's just, it makes zero sense to me whatsoever because of the needs. I mean, if you'd be looking at a player, what about a tackle? What about a, an old lineman that can be adding depth in here when injuries keep piling up? So it's, it's just... It, it makes zero sense to me, and on the other, but on the other hand, I would say um, I do trust a lot on the whole player acquisition, player evaluation. Uh, Will McClay and his group, and everything that they've done when acquiring talent, uh, they have history has shown that they've done enough to back up a lot of the reasonings as to them bringing whoever they want to bring. So. There is that benefit of the doubt, like they know what they're doing in that sense. But looking at everything that we've been following this season, it really makes no sense either. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to put too much stock or hype into it. Um, you know, it, it, it's a name that was big in his prime or his best days with Pittsburgh. I get that, but we're far removed from that. He's not had a lot of time in the league the past several years. He's over the the you know uh, event horizon of being 30. 
He's going to the practice squad, not the active roster. You don't really need a body there, so it's kind of a luxury item. So, I mean, just just calling it what it is, I'm not. It's not moving my needle one way or another. If it works out, I'm interested to see what they would do with that. If it doesn't, you know, life goes on. I think the way the practice squad rules are now, with the way you're able to add veteran players, it's to me if it, if you're really interested in a guy, that's not a problem at all. I mean, you right. could, you could work on the. Yeah, it's not going to cost you really any money, veteran minimum money probably. Maybe even practice squad money right now if you have a deal where you just elevate him. But, you know, yeah, you keep him on the practice squad. He goes out there, say he does sign here. I think there's another team interesting, Tennessee. If he doesn't sign here, I think he's going to go on to Tennessee Mm -hmm. and work out for them. So, yeah, so, you know, there's – if, if it was trying to put a guy on the 53 and having to move on from – I think that's your story. I think right now it's – well, let's see if the guy could practice. What does he look like? Yeah, this guy's 6'4", 210 pounds. I mean, he's a big guy. So it, you know, there might be something that at 31 years old, halfway through the season, maybe the guy's kept himself in incredible shape. You know, maybe somebody – a lot of times, too, these could be word-of-mouth things. You know, and, and maybe you're mm-hmm. – maybe Will is talking to another team or talking to another guy and like, hey, have you, have you done any work on this Bryant you know, I've got some tape on him. I've, got, I've seen some workouts, or maybe an agent called up Jerry, or called up, uh, called up Stephen, called up Mike McCarthy. Mm-hmm. You know, and said, "Hey, have you guys taken a look at this, this, this Brian? He looks like he's a, you know, he looks like he's in shape. You might want to bring him in just to see." Mm-hmm. And uh, that's how it happens a lot of the times. Yeah. It might not be for a reason, other than that somebody that you trust as an evaluator has given you a tip to take a look at this guy. Yep. And that's the thing. Like, it doesn't necessarily – I get your point, Amber. Like, there are other positions that are probably more important. Yeah. But I do think it also – it's a matter of what's available at the time. Like, there may not be offensive linemen. Probably are not offensive linemen that are just out there right now for you to really look at. Every team is strapped well, for offensive linemen. Right? But there, there may be, again, this – opportunity just presents itself and this is a guy that's like let's just take a look and see and if and if he actually happens actually turns out to be a guy that even you can use on your practice squad to present what you need to looks for other teams you're gonna play like you mentioned yeah uh, um him him looking maybe like a debo yeah right if he has some of that ability big body and if you gotta play san francisco in the playoffs it's a great guy to be able to throw out there during practice to be able to show you that look right (laughs) yeah so there, there are certain things you can get out of that even if he never touches the field in a game for the cowboys right yeah, okay. agree. Sure. You know, it's funny. <laughs> you know, there was a time in my I life. Like, yeah. okay. There was a time in my life where I always believed that you know you carried extra linemen and all that. Yeah. This past trading deadline proved my point wrong, because Minnesota traded a starting offensive lineman mm-hmm. to Jacksonville, and any time you say go long at uh, go long at defensive line, go long at offense, it's hard to find these guys. Teams, you know, we found a team that was willing to trade. Yeah. It's very, very rare. And Minnesota did it before they they were starting this little run that they're on right now. They'd won like two games in a row, and then at the trading deadline, they trade one of their young starting linemen to Jacksonville, mm-hmm. another playoff team. So, man, uh, you know, that's anytime you ever hear me say, "Well, you know, you, you're never going to find it," that's BS because people will if you give somebody the right amount of trade compensation. And I'm trying to make it to Ambar's point. If you want to go out there and to trade them, if they wanted to go find an offensive lineman, 
they could have gone and found an offensive lineman. You got to give up something for it. You got to give up yeah. something yeah. for it. Whereas, yeah. whereas, like a time in my life where I never believed that was ever going to happen, and for a long time it didn't. But in this day and age, there's two things I've learned: your starting quarterback can be moved. That you, when you can cut an Aaron Rodgers, you you've proven to me that you can go and get a quarterback or. Someone's always willing to move on from their starting quarterback. It used to be not that way. They'd keep those guys, and contracts would run out if they were no good. But now people trade for quarterbacks, and they move on from quarterbacks, Mm -hmm. and and elite-type quarterbacks. All right, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about the NFL, particularly the NFC. I'm going to have these guys rank in order uh, the top seven teams in the NFC and where Dallas falls in that rank. We'll do that when we come back, DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Cowboys fans, after that move, we've just coined the term Rowdy Replay. Let's roll back the tape. Okay, there's our mascot, Rowdy, cheering on the boys. And now he's on his phone, on his Bank of America mobile banking app? Staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant, Erica. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive, Cowboys fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at bankofamerica.com slash can't stop banking. Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome back into Dear Doctor, the show where I answer life's questions with an ice-cold can of Dr. Pepper. Sheila, let's hear from our next caller, would you? Dear Doctor, my friend supported me during a tough time, but what's the right gift that says, thanks for being a shoulder to cry on? Okay, this one's easy. I say, give her a delicious Dr. Pepper. Nothing says, thanks, girl. Better than a -a one-of-a-kind soda. Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper is the one you deserve. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you back to the break experience the most electrifying event of the holiday season the cowboys christmas extravaganza powered by reliant every friday and saturday night from november 17th through december 16th cowboys christmas extravaganza ignites the star in frisco with an unforgettable holiday performance showcasing 65 performers including the world-renowned Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders, Santa Claus, and appearances from your favorite Dallas Cowboys football heroes. Visit thestardistrict.com for more info. Man, it's Christmas time already. Already. I'm already feeling the love. It's Christmas time. Yeah, you're always going to be feeling the love. Here, sure. <laughs> you had to remind me that. I actually looked up as you were reading, Brian, right behind you on the TV. It had like a commercial, had Christmas lights oh, up yeah. and the whole thing. Like we're we're there. We're yeah, when they it. put that big tree up in the up in Tostitas yeah. Plaza, you know it's yeah, uh, so right you know around it's the Christmas corner. time. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. Yep. All right, here's what I want to do. I want to go through. We did this last week, and I think I'm going to make this a weekly thing because this NFC is really interesting to me. Uh, but I want you guys to take the top seven teams right now Thanks and put for the them heads up. 
I'll like start I'm it. Do my full dive into who are they playing? But honestly, this is payback okay, for ahead. you giving him all it's the all good. It's yeah. all good. Yeah. All right, here we go. I got the top seven teams. I want you to put them in order. We got Philadelphia, Detroit, San Francisco, New Orleans, Seattle, Dallas, and Minnesota. Put them in order, top to bottom, top seven. You jump off, Brian. Yeah, did you? Uh, did I? Do I have one too many? Did you put New Orleans in there? Yeah, I did. Yeah, okay, I'm sorry. I, yeah. I was They're leading their division. Selective right now. listening yeah. right now as we speak. <laughs> uh, Philadelphia, San Francisco, Detroit, Dallas, Seattle, Minnesota, New Orleans. Wait, that was your order? That was my order. I'm sorry. Say it again. You did it fast. <laughs> <laughs> you already had this written down. You had y- y'all doing this on the show later. No, today. no, oh, okay. no, no. Wait, right, give me your order again. I, I just took advantage of when everybody was talking to look at these teams. Uh, Philadelphia. Yeah. San Francisco. Got it. Detroit. Uh-huh. Dallas. Seattle, Minnesota on a heater right now, yeah. and New Orleans, the seventh Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I like that. The interesting thing to stand out there is Detroit, third. That was interesting. Yeah. And then also, uh, you got New Orleans uh, behind Minnesota. Oh, no, did you have New Orleans I have Minnesota, Minnesota? I have Minnesota ahead of New Orleans. Right. Yes. That's also kind of yeah. interesting because yeah. Minnesota doesn't have their quarterback, but they got Josh Dobbs now. They're playing. Uh, the for, cowboy killer. They're playing great right now. I, I yeah. mean, when, if, you're, if, you're talking, if you're talking about, yeah, you'll probably see him in the playoffs. Yeah, right. Be, no, that dude, oh, man, man, I don't know. I don't even know what to think of. But they're, they're, playing, gamer, I guess. they're yeah. playing really well. I mean, if you look at what they're doing defensively, they're finding ways to win. They're playing without their, their leading wide receiver, too. Yeah. In that game. Yeah. Or their, of these games. So it's amazing. It's crazy. They figured some things out up there and traded and, their guard. Like I mean, they, they just it's, it's they like just they went it from out. being like give up mode to like, well, maybe we can find a way to win the uh, NFC North. Yeah, you know. But Det- I think I think Detroit is really. I I don't think Detroit gets nearly enough credit. I'm, for me, I, I I kind of feel like the people always talk about Philadelphia and San Francisco. I, I Detroit is a team that you don't. I don't think you want to play, and you're going to catch them at the very end. And you know they might be playing for positioning and seating and all that, which would be a difficult game to begin with. But that is a physical, mean, nasty team, and they got a quarterback that doesn't turn the ball over. Mm-hmm. You know they got they got run by the Ravens. I think the Ravens might be the best team in the NFL. I mean the way that they've they been, are against the, NFC teams. Yeah, the, they blasted Seattle. They mm-hmm. blasted Detroit. You know that division they play in too. Cincinnati's getting better. So yeah, that doesn't talk about what we're dealing with right now, but. That that uh, that AFC North is uh, mm-hmm. is is got some got some teeth to it. Yep, I'm gonna go because just like last week, I had the struggle of Seattle versus um, Detroit, and I'm just gonna use the Baltimore game as a wash from both of those teams. Lions got walked by the yeah. Baltimore Ravens, and the Seattle Seahawks got walked by the Baltimore Ravens. So that keeps me at Seattle ahead of Lions. So let's go this way. Let's go uh, Philadelphia. Um, God, whew, I want to say it, so I'm going to say it. Philadelphia, Seattle, um, Dallas, Detroit, San Francisco, and San Francisco ran you. You yeah. did, yeah, but they they're also completely face down in the mud right now that they need to right their ship. Um, they get all those guys back, right? And it's going to be right back to where yeah, they were until it happens. It hasn't okay. happened. Right. Um. God, you threw me off. <laughs> so I got Philadelphia. What is it? Philadelphia, Seattle, uh, Dallas, Detroit. I'm sorry. See, y'all throwing me off. Good God. Philadelphia, Seattle, San Francisco, Dallas. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. that makes more sense. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, San Francisco yeah. third. Okay, yeah, I got yeah. you. I got you. Dallas. Um, then Detroit. Then Detroit. Okay. Then Minnesota, then New Orleans. 
right. Let's do it that way. All right. Y'all that makes sense. Y'all kept throwing me off. <laughs> you you really threw me putting San Francisco well, I, down at fifth. I was like, wow. That was I think that was one of those things where your brain is saying something, but yeah. your dot your processing, so your mouth says something else. I, I wonder you. why y'all pause. Okay. Yeah, that's, we, that's I, fair. I, I live that every that's day. Fair. That just that's threw fair. me and Brian that's off there for a second. Like, oh, yeah, we're, we're it's no a now because my, okay. uh, Brian had the selective listening and then I had the brain fart. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. I tell you what, man. I'll say this about San Francisco: they're going to get those guys back. Yeah, it's going to be. But now we'll see if the quarterback can play. That's that's where this thing will come down to. We, we are putting some now. It's starting to get some doubt in his mind because yeah. he hadn't had any real he moments had, of adversity. Had, exactly, where you start to make a quarterback question his own abilities, exactly. and now we'll see how that how he responds. Was it, to that. Was it you? Were, were we the ones having the conversation walking up to the press box, just off the cuff conversation about Seattle versus San Francisco? And I was saying I felt like if San Francisco had to go to Seattle in the playoffs to win that game, I don't think they win that game. No, we did not have that conversation, and I would vehemently disagree with you. Okay. I think San Francisco runs that division. I, I honestly believe San Francisco runs I think that they, division. I think they they run it until further notice, but I think that Seattle is ready to change that. Like it feels like Seattle is ready to change that. Yeah, I still for some reason I still think of Seattle as a good team that's not quite there to be one of the best in the division. Which is why conference. I would say this is what the the key is at home. In the playoffs, if they have to go to San Francisco, Seattle loses that game. But if you factor in the twelfth man in that environment and the Seattle Seahawks, I think that's a game that the 49ers lose. I want to. I would love yeah. to see it. Yeah, I mean, honestly, first round of the playoffs, I I, I fully expect San Francisco is going to win that division. So it's going to be Dallas and Seattle kind of there in four, in sure five and that. six slots, yeah. I think. Yeah, That's sure. my opinion. Yeah, I, I do believe that because I think San Francisco is going to get their guys back. And when they get their guys back, they're going to get on that roll again. And by the way, just look at what San Francisco does. They do this every year. There's a moment I in mean, the season fair. where everybody's like, oh, man, just, San Francisco's got problems. And, they, and usually it's because of injury. And sure enough, they get it back on the right track. And when they get it going, then it's kind of like, oh, yeah, we, we all should have known this is still San Francisco. I keep getting it in my gut. And much like the love I have for, for what the Lions are doing, and I'm right there with, with Brian on this one, uh, with the Lions, it, something in my gut just makes me feel like Seattle's got something for whoever. If, it, if someone has to go to Seattle for a playoff game. I'm just not there yet on them. Not there yet on them. All right, Amber, what you got? <clears throat> Um, we this gave is, you time now. No, no, I did. I did. I did have plenty of time. And I just keep going. I'm, I'm just, I'll be honest. I'm unprofessional sometimes uh, because <laughs> oh. it's hard to, what? it's hard to take. Did emotions. you say you're unprofessional? Sometimes. Oh, okay. Like right now. Okay. Because um, it's, <laughs> I wanted to make sure I heard you right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's, it's hard. All right. I wouldn't say unprofessional. Let me say unbiased opinion is actually the right word. I'm very okay. professional, so I take that back. Um, Good. It's unbiased Duly opinion. Duly noted. <laughs> <laughs> but my thing is I'm having – so I put Vikings first, Eagles second. Wait, huh? What? Yeah. Vikings at the top team in the NFC? I put them ahead, yeah. Okay. Right. Um, it's your opinion. Unbiased opinion would be Eagles first. Biased oh, opinion would okay. be. You just don't want the Eagles to be first. Be, and, and they're still. I still. I. They're a great team. Okay, we've seen it. But every game lately has been so close that I just feel like at some point somebody else is gonna figure it out and beat them and get them. So. It's it. That's what. Hopefully, I'm, it's Buffalo or Kansas City. But you know, that's that's actually an interesting. That's an interesting thought and. because I've I've seen people talking about this in circles on social media, 
And to me, I actually look at that as a positive for Philadelphia because I'm like, if you tell me you've gone eight and one and you still haven't played your best football, Mm -hmm. that says to me that you have a team that, number one, never gets rattled. You know how to figure it out in bad situations. Even when you're not playing your best football, you figure out how can we still get the win. It probably means you know how to win in a lot of different ways because you've been presented with different situations where some week it has to be your offense has to take the lead. Some weeks your defense has to take the lead. Some weeks your special teams. Whatever it is, they're figuring out how to win even in situations where they probably shouldn't win the game. And that's where I like I'm looking at that and I'm like that scares me more about Philadelphia than if they were just running through teams. And it's fair. It's, it's a high, it's that whole glass uh, glass half full, mm-hmm. half yeah. empty depending yeah. on their yeah. perspective. I'm choosing the other one, <laughs> half empty type of uh mentality. Were you going to say something real quick? I was going to ask you something real quick, though, guys, about that. Okay, Philadelphia has the ability, like, when they're not playing great to put games away. Yeah. Is that opposite of what the Cowboys are? Well, there's there's only really been there's only really been does one that, game this that, year. Does that, does that, that make you nervous that your team Chargers. doesn't have that ability right now? Chargers. Well, that's the thing. You've had really two games where you've been challenged through the end of the game. One, one. one of them you won, one of them you lost, right? Yeah. All the other games, either you killed the other team or they killed you, yeah. right? So it's like, do you, have you really seen that? The, do the Cowboys have the ability to, to finish a game when they're right there? In I think the game? Philadelphia's plan was to make Dallas keep playing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That, that, that they'll make a mistake. That, you know, Philadelphia down the stretch was nails where Dallas fell apart. Well, it almost worked against them because they were nails until they fell apart, which is what extended the potential game right. winning drive in the first. I mean, both, first, yeah, but both teams apart. fell apart. Yeah. In, but in but Philadelphia has fallen apart like three times this season, mm-hmm. and they've won all the games. Yeah, right. That's See, the that's part that's saying. Yeah, that's when you scary. fall apart, you're not going to win. Yeah. Arizona, you mm-hmm. fell apart in that game, really, though, right? Yeah, I mean, really never had a chance. Right. So in the games that you had a chance going down to the wire, you're you've one only won one. You won one, but there's only two. You only had two. You won one, you lost one, right? I mean, I don't think it, again. I don't think any of the games you Cowboys trust. Wait, excuse me. Two. You trust this team down the stretch? You really in with in, in to, to finish a game to trust, go get a win? I trust the defense to do so. If it's if it comes down to it and the defense is on the field, yes, I trust that they can get that. With the you, offense... But you, you don't tr- okay, but you don't trust... Okay, the offense... Yeah, yeah the win. offense still has to show it. Because the defense in that one-and-one one record, the defense is who closed it out. That's who I have the trust in. The yeah. offense didn't close it out. The offense made a mistake, think, false start, allowing the sack. So, yeah. right now, until the offense shows it, yeah. no, I don't in the yeah. offense. In the defense, yes, I do. So, it just depends on who's on the field right now. Yeah. I, I don't. It, it bothers me that they didn't finish that game the other day. Oh, one hundred percent. I mean, it completely bothers me. And and it, I don't know if that's man. Maybe it's something we've seen. They get down in the red zone. They get down tight red zone. They've had problems all year. Yeah. You know, yeah. are they going to fix those problems? Well, that's going to cost them, keep costing them games. And Dak pre- played a really good game. And but it's one of those things that you tend to always criticize. You know, you put it all on the quarterback. So. And we said it, I, w- I mentioned it to you, I'm like, okay, this is a time where Dak needs to show up. And, and in, let me, in my head, and this is not a fair comparison, but I'm like, man, imagine you having Rodgers and he's in that situation right now. You just take the automatic, like you just automatically assume you're going to walk out of that game with a win. We had plenty of time to get in there. And the, what, what's crazy, I thought the Cowboys were only have that last chance to do it. And then they came back again. 
for a second chance to actually get into the end zone, and it still didn't happen. Yeah, so that's disturbing. But you, but you know why, though? And this goes right back to my point. The way the defense clamped down in the fourth quarter and forced uh, more than one punt from the Eagles' offense. So, if again, if it came down to it where it was Jalen Hurts and the Eagles' offense trying to mount uh, a game-winning drive against the Cowboys' defense in Philadelphia, I 100% have confidence well, in but the let's defense. Also be but clear. flip it, and it's like, okay, well, you know, it's an offense that had struggles for the first part of the season, and now it's an offense that has some offensive line issues. So, no, until they show me that they can close out the game, I can't rightfully say I believe they can close out the game. But yeah. the defense has shown it. So that that's, for me, where my I'm hanging yeah. my head. I, I still go back to, like, Amory, I, I, think, I think you hit the nail on the head for me. It, there are certain teams – that when you're playing them, you're actually thinking if your team gets a score and it's at the end of the game, you're like, how much time's left? Like, I don't want to give that offense time to go down and score because I know they will go down and score. Like, if you're playing the Chiefs and you give them a minute and they only need a touchdown to win or they need a field goal to win, you're like, man, we left too much time on the clock, right? Mahomes. Be- but that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. there are certain teams that are like that. And I don't want to confuse it. Like, that that's never been the conversation that we've had, Dak. Like, that's the difference between a really good quarterback and the greats in the game right now, right? There are only a few of those that you feel like if they get the ball, it's happening. There's no question about it. But you and I, as we were sitting there watching the end of that game, we were both saying, is this Dak's moment to kind of ascend to that and start showing us that? And and we we that wasn't the, the outcome. And quite frankly— as is the case a lot of time, I don't think it was necessarily his fault. I think no, he played it? well. It could have been. I think, I think once again, and that's why I say offenses, because it's not just the quarterback. In this instance, it, it goes back to like, it, this was not just about Dak not making the plays. It was about yeah. your offensive line failing you yeah. in a moment when you needed them to be able to Correct. give him time Twice. to make the plays that he needed to make Twice in, in order for you to win. That was well, the problem. Twice you go back to several a couple of years ago, um, and you would go into games where the offense would have a very slow start. Dak having slow starts. And then in the second half of games, he would come back. The offense would come back, get their act together, and mm-hmm. start scoring points. But it was always a little too late. Like, yeah. they would get up there, start scoring, scoring, scoring. Oh, well, damn. We mm-hmm. ran out of time. Right. They didn't make it. They should have won that game. And I'm. that's where I'm... That's what you said yesterday. That I'm, that's what I'm tired of. <laughs> they should have. They should have. <laughs> over here walking, I'm not going to name names, but walking around people that come up to me, oh, we should have won that Stop. I don't want to hear it. I'm pissed Wait off it. right now. <laughs> I don't want to hear it anymore. I'm tired of it. But anyways, I had the Vikings versus Eagles, 49ers, Seattle, New Orleans, Detroit, Dallas. Um, I don't know where I want to put Dallas because, once again, my biased opinion right now, I'm mad at them. I'm upset. I'm hurt. I don't know what to think of them. I don't don't know where to place them because last week I spent all week truly believing that they were going to win against the Eagles, and I said it with my chest all over the place. I was walking around all like other people. That what? did not say Cowboys with their chest. No, I didn't. I was not confident about that game. And I said, Don't before, make me tell I said, the story. No, honestly, I said You're before, thumbs, before we but... went into the game, I said, they got to show me. After oh. what happened in San Francisco, they got to show me. And yeah. they still haven't shown me. And by the way, if I'm doing any rankings for the NFC, the Cowboys cannot come in right now before Philadelphia and San Francisco. No, no way. Because no, what I've seen nope. in the games yeah. is they have not been able to beat those teams. Right. And I, I'll say this. Dallas is a really good team, and I think up against any team in the NFC, Dallas will win the game. 
Mm-hmm. Any team in the NFC other than those <laughs> two teams. Right now, they got to show me because that's just not been what they've put on, yeah. they on the field yet. And you're going to get to see Detroit. You will get to see that. And you're going to get to see and Seattle. Seattle. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And then you'll get a couple shots at some AFC teams that are right in that same yeah. boat of, of good teams. And we will find out a lot about this team. But right now, I think those are the two teams I look at. And, and really, there's probably only four or five in the NFL that I think I would put above the Cowboys right now. But that's also the problem. They're right up there with those teams. They have not shown they can beat those teams yet. Like that's the Kansas Cities, the Baltimore's, the 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 Eagles, the uh, the the 49ers. Like they haven't showed they can beat those teams yet. That's what I got to see in order to feel confident that they can make a deep run. The, thing, the thing that's fun though is that the um, from three <laughs> to I'd say five, those three to five slots, uh, margin of error is so slim. It is. Their between, margin of error of Cowboys offense is very slim. So, I mean, you get in your rankings, right, yeah. and when you're listening to this, if you're ranking um, one through seven, once you get three to five, whatever you're organi- however you organize it, it's yeah. probably going to make sense. You yeah. could probably justify you it make and make it, it make sense. Yeah. yeah. All right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take our final break. We're going to come back. we got some big picture questions for you guys. These may take a lot more time than we have. <laughs> we'll maybe uh, float some of those into some future shows this week. Uh, we'll be right back. DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Don't put off getting your oil changed, Dallas. Take 5 Oil Change, a proud partner of the Cowboys. is faster than you think. There's no appointment needed and no waiting room. Yep, you heard that correctly. Take 5 is so fast, you don't even have to get out of your car. You can take advantage of Take 5's fast, friendly, and simple service at any of their locations across the Dallas area. And remember, at Take 5, you stay in your car because they're faster than you think. Take 5, the official oil change of the Dallas Cowboys. It's the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. And right now, Cowboys fans can get 15% off their $75 order. Plus, because every deal needs a playmaker, your order will include a free five-piece skincare set and free shipping. The Jack Black Playmaker is four of Jack's favorites and a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Make a play for the playmaker at getjackblack.com slash cowboys with the code Cowboys VIP. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys with the code cowboys VIP. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Back to the break. The Salvation Army's 27th annual Red Kettle kickoff returns to AT&T Stadium this Thanksgiving. Get excited to watch the one and only Dolly Parton rock the stage during the halftime when... The Dallas Cowboys go head-to-head with the Washington Commanders. Tune in at 3.30 on CBS. Welcome back. Final segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. This segment brought to you by Blockchain.com. 
All right, here we go. Uh, here's some big, quick, pick, big picture questions I want you guys to answer. Let's start with this one. Whose play is more concerning, Terrence Steele or Michael Gallup? Mm, I'd say Michael Gallup. Um, reason I say Michael Gallup is for the uh, harkening back to what we were talking about yesterday. Terrence Steele, when you were having the, the offensive line injuries and those issues across that O-line, it was Terrence Steele who was the bright spot over the majority of the first part of the season going into the bye. Mm-hmm. That gives me a lot of confidence. That combined with his play from last year before he suffers the torn ACL, yeah, he as of late, he's had two bad days at the offices. Last Sunday was the worst day at the office. But for the most part, I think he's showing that he can get it together um, and keep it together. Michael Gallup, on the other hand, while physically he's back to where he needs to get, the, the mental side of it is still not consistent enough for Michael Gallup. Uh, he had a couple of good games, Arizona, New England. The games prior struggled. The games after, he struggled. He had a drop, the, the key drop, uh, early against the Eagles, but then he bounced back. Kudos to him for doing so. But when you combine that, the up and downs of 2023, with the struggles to find his way in 2022, there's not a lot of recency positives for Michael Gallup. Um, talent still there? Absolutely. Skill set, physicality, um, physically he's imposing, all of that's still there. But I think for him, it's mentally more than anything else, and that's what's concerning. For Terrence Steele, I think he bounces back maybe as early as this week. Kind of feel like it's, uh, it is Gallup. Uh, but the thing we've learned about Gallup, it's two good games for poor games. And that's been his history. And so maybe that's what he is. You know, we felt like that maybe he could take that next jump. We talked about injury, him coming back, the off-the-field stuff he deals with, you know, being in the right place, right mind, all that. Works extremely hard. But he is who he is. And that's... You know, like I say, you're going to have flashes flashes of brilliance. Uh, those catches he makes that are contorted along the sidelines. I don't know how he got his feet down, but he just did. And then you're going to have the play where they, you know, have the unfortunate drop. But that's the inconsistency of his game. Maybe somewhere else he gets more consistent. But for this team, he hasn't been. What's surprising to me about Steele is what he's dealing with. Uh, you know, coming back from the injury, and he's going to work extremely hard. He's going to be prepared. His run blocking hasn't been as good as it normally is. Mm-hmm. I, I understand the pass blocking struggles that he has because that's part of his game. That really, really is part of his game. And he does a great job of masking it at times. But, you know, when it, when it rains, it pours on him too. But he's not been as consistent as a run blocker. And that, to me, is the most surprising thing about his game. It's not what happens to him as a pass blocker. It, it's what happens to him as a run blocker. And it's, but it's Gallup. Uh, but both of them have had their issues, as we all know. Um, I would definitely go with Terrence Steele because that's the... But I have trust that he can get it together because it hasn't been... A consistent like what we saw against the Eagles hasn't been the storyline for his season coming after that injury. So I don't think it's something that we're gonna be consistently talking about week after week as the main issue of the O line in general. I think he'll get better. And it was just a one you had a one bad day that went really bad for you. Mm-hmm. And it happens. It ha- it has happened to a lot of other people. But 
I would say the O-line in general, more so than just Terrence Steele, just finding some type of consistency for the O-line. We haven't seen an established run running game yet. That has not happened all year, and I think it stems from or stems from the O line and what they're doing and not doing for Tony Pollard and the rest of the backs. Indeed. So yep. I think that's that would be the main concern. Michael Gallup again. I don't know if I'm ready to give up on him I'm as far as like giving that. him chances, but it's one of those things again. My. Feelings. I'm. I'm like. I'm mad at you. Go sit down for a little bit. <laughs> go take a break. Go. Go to the. Go you to, put him in a corner. Yeah. Didn't yeah. You? Go for just. Just for a little bit. Just for a little bit. I still love you. You know. I still love you. I'll give you a hug afterwards. But take a moment to reflect, and we'll we'll come back to you. Uh, and because some of the things we've seen from Tolbert, he's had those moments. You know, but. It's it's one of those when it's not working. I'm I'm a big disbeliever, or I don't know the right word, mm-hmm. of forcing things. I don't oh, think yeah. it, it. I don't think it it makes it work. But you just keep trying to force it on people and stuff. He just he's not catching a break right now. And maybe you give him, you force him to have a break for a little bit, and then bring him back up. But I would definitely go with uh, Steel right now, just for the moment. This team needs to focus on 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 Lamb, Ferguson, and Cooks. Mm-hmm. That needs to be their offense right now. Yep. They're not going to be able to run the ball. In that order. Yeah. They, they don't the, – the, the, it's going to be hard. It, th- this team is now – you now have – it's not a small sample size anymore. We're halfway through. Mm-hmm. They've got to ride Dak, and they've got to ride Lamb, and they've got to ride Ferguson, and Cooks has got to find a way when he gets opportunities to make plays. That's where they need to go because the other ones, if they get the other ones to kind of step up, great. But the ones they need to focus on are the ones that I mentioned. Yeah. So going on that, what do you guys think is the biggest reason that Brandon Cooks hasn't been more involved in the offense? Do you put it more on him and his abilities of getting open? Do you put it more on the offensive line not getting time or the, the play calling not getting right. him downfield, getting him into situations where he's open? What? Where do you place they, most of the blame? They scheme stuff for him and then – you know they're going to run a play where he's. It, it's going to take some time for him to get from the right side of the formation to the left side of the formation. They're running plays to try and get him open. They ran a pick for him the other day on the goal line to try and get him open. Uh, they're doing things to try and get him open. Uh, but then if you have a, a blitzing linebacker, uh, mm-hmm. Tyler Biotish unable to handle Jalen Carter, and it's you know now Dak can't go that way. Uh, it's really un- or he or. All of a sudden, they motion Tony Pollard out in the flat, and now he's trying to find space on a scramble drill. But what does he do? He runs into Cook, who's trying to find space too, and both of them get eliminated from the play. Mm-hmm. I think the coaches are trying to find ways to get him the ball. I think there are certain certain situations and things that happen during the play that don't get him the ball, mm-hmm. and and they and not you, necessarily you his play. It's yeah, other just, people. You yeah. can't. You don't quit on him. Because he is your best route runner, in my opinion. He's the one guy that can separate. He's the one guy that can get in and out of the breaks. He's the one that can that can make the big catch when you need him to. So keep keep trying to get him the ball. It, it'll naturally come to him. But they're dealing with a lot of he's dealing with a lot of bad luck when they're trying to get him the ball right now. I, I couldn't have said it better. Not much to add to that, um, other than just to double down on it's it's certainly not his lack of 
separation or ability to get yeah. open. He's getting open. Yeah. Um, the rest is everything that Brian said. I mean, you've made it a point. Uh, what game was that? Um, when they kept targeting, speaking of Michael, Michael Gallup. Gallup yeah. uh, what game was it? New England was his last game. No, he, when they targeted 10 when, times, oh, they were uh, forcing that ball. Was it against? Was that? Chargers? Yeah. Was it Chargers? There was Chargers. It yeah, Chargers. Right. No, there was Chargers. Chargers. Yeah. I'm sorry, so, about Cooks. So where I was trying to go with that is you've, as a play caller, you kind of made it a point to target him and try to get the ball to him. And the reason, what the only thing that makes sense to me as to why they kept going to him was because they had some sort of plan that mm-hmm. they were trying to make it happen that right. day. So my thing is, like, if they did that with him – how come you can't do that with the guy like Cooks? And the whole timing-wise yeah. and all that makes some sense, but then why is that an option? Like, if it's not going to give you enough time to, like, go throw it to him, why is that even an option to begin yeah. with? I, I, you know what? I, I think that, to me, I don't force it. I let it happen because my number two, my number one and number two options are good enough to win games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Throwing to Lamb and throwing to Ferguson is good enough for me to win games. Yeah, You know, if, if Cooks gets th- four targets, three receptions, and it's 58 yards and three first downs on the on the catches, I'm fine with that. But CD got off? Yeah, but I'm CD, But CD, yeah. Had, yeah. CD had 12 catches for 143 yards, and, and Ferguson had seven catches for 100 yards. Yep. I'm, I'm going to live with that all day. And the other thing to consider on that point, Brian, I think, is that when you get deeper into the season, when you're going to have that run of Seattle, yeah, yeah. Uh, Dolphins, uh, uh, Buffalo, Buffalo, you got all these good teams – you're going to need a wrinkle that hasn't necessarily shown up in a big way to win one of those There's games, Cooks. maybe two of those games. Right. And if you haven't used Cooks in that way, you can create some opportunities where teams come in because what their scouting says, you're trying to get the ball to CD, you're scheming yeah. him open. That could create some opportunities for you to scheme open uh, a Cooks and go into a game saying we're going to scheme him open because they're not really looking for that. We haven't shown that as much. If you ask me for a fourth guy to add to my I'm, I'm going to mix. I'm throwing Turpin in Turpin. there. Mm-hmm. Turpin's shown to me that he that the game is not too big for him. I yep. always worried about him not, you know, I didn't like the fact he didn't fair catch the ball and he, you know, time went off the clock at the mm-hmm. end. I think that was kind of a mental mistake. But overall, with his ability to to run run after catch, you know, get open, get open, you know, to make a secure catch. He's now I'm putting him in there. Okay, if if any one of you others other than the three. I need you, but I'm. It, it's going to be limited. Mm-hmm. I'm, but I'm going to get you when when I do throw you the ball. Please make a catch for me. Yep. You know, if I get you two balls and you make two catches mm-hmm. for two first downs and a and a red zone touchdown like uh, like Turpin did, yep. and yeah. the toughness. My yeah. goodness, yeah. how yeah. tough is that guy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I am now paring down my offense to just make sure, and, and and it's going to help Dak. Yep. You know, it's there's no more questions about okay, do we have to throw it to Gallup? No, we don't, because we're going to throw it to Turpin and we're going to throw it to Lamb and we're going to throw it to Ferguson because I know those guys are going to make yeah. plays. Yeah. I don't have time to waste it down over here on somebody that might not make a play. Yeah. All right, real quick, let's get to lab coat. What we got over there? Bring me in, Beamer. Yes, science. All right, so uh, started and actually finished my deep dive into some receiving comparisons uh, around the NFL for uh, the Science Lab. This week's edition drops on Thursday. Check that out on the dot com, ladies and gentlemen. Magic number today is forty. Eight. We're going to round down to 48. Um, I wanted to see how Dak Prescott and CeeDee Lamb as a tandem measure up against some of the best tandems in the league. And obviously I'm talking about, you know, Puka and Cooper and uh, my, 
Micah, <laughs> not Micah, but um, Matthew, uh, Tua, Tyreek, things like that. 48 is the expected points above average for those that aren't familiar with EPA that's basically saying prior to a play um, this is what the points expected after the play this is what the new points expected how valuable was that play in that situation CeeDee Lamb and Dak Prescott are ranked number three in the entire NFL as a tandem in expected points above average who's top two Jalen Hurts and AJ Brown number one Tua and Tyreek number two that's some great company Mm -hmm. to be in that caused me to go a little bit deeper uh, and I looked at 12 categories uh, across the league, the Cowboys, as far as Dak and CeeDee Lamb, lead the league as a QB wide receiver tandem in seven of the 12 categories, stretching from passer rating, completion percentage, um, success rate, uh, yards per attempt. So if you're wondering if CeeDee Lamb has ascended as wide receiver one, if you're wondering if the chemistry between he and Dak Prescott have reached that upper echelon of the NFL, the answer definitively is yes, it is absolutely. So keep going, Dak Prescott. Prescott, C.D. Lamb goes to everything Brian, I, Derek, and uh, Ambar are talking about. Feed the lamb, feed the lamb, and feed him good. All right. That's Can good. I say something real sure. quick? Just well, because. What are you going to say? Nice. No, it's <laughs> in my defense. I'm not attacking you. Oh, no, good. I just got a, I got a text to someone that's listening. All right. And apparently, my dumb joke didn't translate into when I said Vikings first. There's a reason why I said Vikings first ahead of the Eagles. I was just being dumb about it. Yeah. But. I don't know if You're it translated to the. Uh, uh, yeah. I'm not that stupid, but just wanted to clarify because apparently some people didn't get my. The joke. longer you do this, the more you don't pay attention to that. You're right, exactly. You're like, <laughs> if you don't get it, you don't get it. You know, if yeah. you know, you know, right? So if you hit, the better. <laughs> All right, we appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back. You got tomorrow. platforms, they don't. <laughs> Good point. All right, we'll be back tomorrow. We're going to jump into the uh, the Cowboys versus the Giants. Are we going to talk about that this week? We Damn are. right, we are. All right, let's talk about Cowboys don't you versus do that. Giants. No. Don't you do that. No. <laughs> Overlooking. Cool. Overlooking. No, no, no. We will start with we will start with the Giants offense tomorrow versus the Cowboys. Tommy defense. DeVito. Until uh, then, for Patrick Walker, Brian Broaddus, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been the break live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?